It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder future for this season and beyond. Where does Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Trey Mann fit into all of this? We're going to take your mailbag questions on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, we're taking your questions, everything from the future of this team, both this season and in the future, plus... Where does Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Trey Mann fit into all of this? And the 2024 NBA draft got really interesting over the last few days. So we'll talk about that coming up as well as the 23 draft and all of your questions on today's show, including how the CBA impacts the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's all coming up. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Let's start with our first question from at Sun Gotham. Given the Thunder can probably go either way at this point in the season between tanking or competing. What would be better in the long run for the team? Uh, I I think that with the thunder where they're at right now, the best way to go for the team is to just ride it out. I mean, don't do anything dramatic. Like for example, don't, don't, don't push Shay to the point where he gets even further hurt, but also don't just pack it in and, and leave, leave this chance on the table uh, for, for the team. Because the beauty of it is, yes, the 2023 draft is very, very, very enticing, and it's very good. But past picks one and two, nothing is decided. And every year we've seen a team, you know, with middling lottery odds leap up since they flattened the odds. Every year, someone has leaped up. Now, eventually, that's going to change. Eventually, it's going to go one, two, three, four. But, you know, you still have that in your back pocket. And in this draft where there's no consensus number two, you know, number three, four, five, six, seven, there's only a consensus one and two. They're all great players. They're just all interchangeable of like what you prefer, what you might need, what you, what you might value in a prospect. So given that they're so interchangeable, given that they're so up and down, if the Thunders zero in on a guy and circle a guy as being their guy, they have the draft assets to go up and get that guy. This is how you make draft day trades. You can't go make draft day trades for guys like Victor and Scoot. But you can go make draft day, day trades for, hey, I value this prospect at three, and you value another prospect that we know will be there at five. What if I give you five and you give me three and I give you an additional first round pick? You know, stuff like that happens all the time, and you can move those numbers down uh, accordingly. Plus, the Thunders have 
draft capital to overwhelm a team in a draft where there's no consensus number three, you just overwhelm a team if you think that you have your number three guy on the board. So, like, the draft odds, to me, uh, don't don't play that much into effect when you have what the Thunder have. And I've been one to tell you, hey, the Thunder can't trade up in, in, in this draft. Like, in, in every draft up to this point, the Thunder have not had the ability to trade up. They couldn't have traded up for Evan Mobley or for any of these guys because they were a, a set four and you finished sixth. You could no longer deliver someone their guy. But for the Thunder right now, if the season ended today, for as competitive as they've been, they'd have a 23% chance at a top four pick. They'd have a 5% chance at a number one overall pick. And... If they don't make the play in, they'll likely get pushed further down those those standings a bit to where the the, the odds are going to be pretty good, all things considered, because it's a you can't get down to the bottom three. The best case scenario would be you get down to five, but that's three and a half games to make up. Like imagine if this team was three and a half games out of the playoffs. That would be, you know, a a, a quite the mountain to, to, to kind of climb at this point in the season. That's what that's how you'd be viewing it. So. It's possible to get to five, which would be awesome because you'd have a 42% chance at the fourth overall pick and a 10% chance at Victor Mignogna. Um, But I think you just write it out. And if you get to five, great. If you write it out, you make the play in and, and you get to go on a little run like Memphis did a couple years ago where they where they knocked off Portland and then Jaw had a good game, you know, good series against the Utah Jazz, but they lost in round one. That's great too. Like, like either outcome is really house money and really good to where you don't do anything dramatic in either direction. You just write it out and see how this team fares, in my opinion. Uh, at Alex underscore Bullerjack, what's the layman's understanding of what the CBA impact is? So, it, you know, in a past example w- would be kind of the cap spikes and, and all the different cap languages that allowed Kevin Durant to go to the Warriors. But a, but a forward-thinking example of like what this could impact for the Thunder nowadays would be something like whenever the double draft happens and like when the double draft happens, how many draft picks do you have? How valuable are those draft picks? And then the next year when the draft is is then cut in half, because if there's a, a double pool of prospects, then you lose some of the top prospects for the next year's draft. The next year after the double draft, how many draft picks do you have at that point? Um, how many of, of, of them were supposed to be valuable that now might not appear to be as valuable because a lot of the top prospects from uh, that draft class was now wiped away? Like it impacts that those sort of things. But but mostly it's been monetary and it's been, you know, you know, the, the whole allowing uh, Kevin Durant to join the Warriors by the new CBA rules and stuff. So that's how it impacts it. The Thunder, I can promise you from what I've heard, are already evaluating like how the CBA could impact them and what they need to kind of bang the table for of what to happen and not to happen to benefit them long term. But every team does that as well. So we won't really know for sure the actual impact until we see the details of the of the CBA, but that's just one idea that's floated around that I think could really impact OKC is like the, the timing of the double draft based upon how valuable your picks are. Uh, now moving forward to at Black Dolphin 5, between Poku and Chet, who comes back first? Uh, Pokushevsky. Uh, Chet Holmgren will not play basketball this year for the Thunder. I think the Poku will play between now and the end of the season. So Poku. And if neither one of them play this season, well, then they'll just play in October. So uh, I would say Poku because I do believe that he will play at some point in this season. I do not think that Chet Holmgren will play this season. We'll knock out another question as well at GR8Ball83. Do you think the return of Chet will get the Thunder through the play-in round? Chet Holmgren is not going to return. Now, uh, I'll say at shoot-around the other day, he was doing 5-on-0 work and looked awesome. Uh, he, he dunked like a really good dunk. 
in front of us and all four of us that were at shoot around missed it in terms of video. So there's no video evidence of that, but he was awesome uh, at shoot around looking, looking good at five on O work today at shoot around uh, Clemente got a video of him dunking and, and, and doing a little bit more stuff with Nick Collison and uh, other Thunder assistants. Like he looks really good, uh, but there's a big difference in doing five on O work or three on three work and then doing full contact five on five, uh, you know, physical basketball work. And that's just not going to happen this year for him. Uh, it's not going to happen within this regular season. So he's not going to play. The Thunder could make the finals, and he's not going to play. And he'll be back with the team in October, and things will get very, very, very exciting. Uh, but yes, I think that Poku will come back because I think that Poku will play this year, and I don't think that Chet will play this year. Now, we have a lot more questions to go, including what to make of Trey Mann and Jeremiah Robinson. We'll lead off to the next segment with that, but first... I want to see right now, my good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order. Folks, it's delicious. Delicious flavors, uh, 100% real chocolate on the outside, 130 calories, 16 grams of protein, uh, even 17 grams of protein in some flavors. Uh, check it out today because they are there for you. Pre-workout, post-workout, or even as a meal replacement or a snack. You can get them at Built.com, promo code LOCK15. You can also get them at Walmart and Sam's Club in the pharmacy sections. So check them out today. They have great flavors like peanut butter brownie, coconut marshmallow, salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie. My personal favorite is cookies and cream. They have that as well. Banana cream pie, mint brownie puff is back. Uh, You can all check out the raspberry and cherry barcia flavors as well and grasshopper cookie and vanilla cream. You can check them all out at built.com or again at Walmart or at Sam's Club. So check it out today, built.com, promo code LOCK15. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Locked On NBA Podcast, a great show to cover the national landscape of basketball, and also the Game to Game Podcast, which is a nightly recap show of everything you missed from the night before on, on all the games of the association. Uh, this question comes from two people, at OKC underscore superfan. And at Boggs Zidlin, what do you think of Trey Mann and Jeremiah Robinson Earl? Do you think that they have a future with this team? And also, what do you think Poku's role will be whenever Chet returns? So let's just let's focus on Trey Mann and Jeremiah Robinson Earl right now. For Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I think what I said on draft night in 2022 applies right now. The selection of J. Will makes JRE redundant and it was going to be a battle of who can prove their worth quicker, who can um, staple themselves into the rotation and onto this team in the future because there's just not enough room for two of the same player. And that's what the Thunder wanted. Like whenever Sam Presti and Mark told you like, Hey, we want next, next year's training camp. This was said last summer. We want next year's training camp to be very competitive and to be very intense and to be very much, you know, these guys fighting for the right to be, the 17 guys that survive. Like we want, we want these guys to be in a competitive environment. It's drafting guys at the same position that have the same skill set and seeing which one's better. Like that's part of it. And 
I think if you graded it right now, you know, Jay Will would be in the future of the Thunder and Jeremiah Armstrong would not. I think, you know, we'd be saying the same things we're saying about Jay Will right now. You were saying those same things about JRE last year at this time. And we said the same things about Taylor Maldon his first year in OKC. And then look what happened with, with Maldon. Look what happened with Jeremiah Armstrong. I think that this is way more so um, an injury thing than it is a talent thing. I think Jeremiah Armstrong is still extremely talented. I think that Jeremiah Armstrong still has a role as a backup big man in this league. Uh, I, I, I just don't know if it's an OKC because of the fact that you have a J-Whale, because of the fact that your big man minutes are getting clogged as you return Chet Holmgren, as you as you look at Sarch and think, you know, maybe he could be something. You know, of course, we're not even going to factor in Sarch right now, but you look at Chet, you look at Poker, you look at J-Whale, and then if you add anyone in the offseason or retain Sarch, like that is a, a crowded group right there for, for as flexible as you want to be on the perimeter. I think that Jeremiah Armstrong has a role in the NBA, and and, and and this will be what people tried to make Roby out to be. Like Keith Smith, who, who, who I like Keith Smith, I like him a lot. Whenever whenever Isaiah Roby was uh, cut by OKC in the summer, he was he was pounding the table of, you know, this is the bad part of, of rebuilding and having all these picks because you lose guys like Isaiah Roby. That was not a loss. Isaiah Roby's awesome. His family's awesome. Uh, you know, he seems like a really, 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 really sweet guy. That was not a, a, a casualty of draft picks. That was just a casualty of, hey, we got better players. With Jeremiah Robson Earl, you know, I think that he will have a role in the NBA and he will have a future in the NBA and he will be able to play um, legitimate NBA minutes for somebody. And the only reason he's pushed out the door is because, you know, you think Jay Will might be a little bit better and might provide you a little bit more things than Jeremiah Robson Earl does. So you can take that for what it is, but that's just kind of my thoughts on it. And, and it might not be as immediate as this summer. Jeremiah Robson Earl is no longer here. But I think moving forward, if I had to, if I had to bet money right now, who they're going to pick, Jeremiah Robson or, or Jay Will, I think it's going to be Jay Will. But I do love Jerry. I think that Jerry is legitimately a good piece. Um, as for Trey Mann, his is a little bit different than Jerry because, you know, his is all based upon potential. Like, I think that Jerry doesn't necessarily have the extremely high ceiling, but you've already seen the floor of like, hey, this guy can actually impact basketball in a good way. Uh, with, with Trey Mann, you know about the lofty ceiling. You know about how good he can be. It's just what's the floor from him and how quickly can he get to that ceiling and the play style. Like, like the ball sticks to him a little bit more than it sticks to other players, which is, again, not necessarily fair because this system has the least amount of ball stick ever. But the ball does stick to Trey Mann a little bit longer and a little bit you know, more awkwardly to Trey Mann than it does to any other player on the roster. Uh, the defensive thing, like I, I think that he's really tried defensively. I think that he's improved defensively, but it's still he's not that switchable to where to where it, it is not exactly the style of the exact fit. It's sort of like whenever you whenever you go to like a hospital and they have the, the puzzles laid out there, and people have kind of bent the puzzle piece or maybe lost a puzzle piece, and you're you're just bored. You're trying to put together the puzzle, and you've got to really jam one in there. You got to jam it in, in, in into the slot, like. It could happen. You could jam in JRE. You, know, you could jam in Trey Mann to a slot uh, on this Thunder team. But it's not an exact fit. It's not to say that it can't fit. It's just not a perfect fit. And with Trey Mann, I don't see the perfect fit in OKC, but I still see a fit if the Thunder want to keep him. But this is part of the difficult conversation. This is part of the difficult um, path of rebuilding. Because... Is there a world where neither Trey Mann nor Jeremiah Armstrong are on this team in October? I think that there absolutely is that world. Despite how much that we all like them, despite how much that they're fan favorites, and despite how much that, that you know we think that they could be good players on the road, um, you know, this thing is moving fast. 
I, I think that Trey Mann is another guy that can be a microwave score off the bench for a team and can be like a legitimately uh, high upside score like, that can change the complexity of games in, in in both directions. Like if he's on and he's scoring twenty points off the bench, that lifts you in a way that is that is just um, great. And if he's having an off night and you can only manage to play him ten minutes on the on the court and you take away one of your pieces of your rotation, that's also not great. So I think that the, that Trey Mann will will eventually get to that point where he, where he is that microwave score off the bench. It's just again, do the Thunder have the time uh, to, to 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 continue to wait for that to happen? Is my only thing. Uh, at Thunder Buddy two o o, should the Thunder be interested in drafting Bronny James in twenty twenty four in hopes of luring LeBron James? Um, look, I think that worth where the Thunder are at their core is going to be at the point where you don't need these gimmicks. If, if everything if everything goes according to plan, which is a big if because things sometimes don't go to plan, but if everything goes according to plan, you're not going to need to reach on Bonnie James over a better player because you want LeBron to join you. You're not going to need to try to sell tickets. You're not going to need to try to to make a splash because think about where this team will be at the time of the 2024 draft in June, like in June of 2024, this team will have had J-Dub, Shea, Chet, Giddy, all these guys playing together on the floor, tangibly seeing them. Uh, you know, Bali Sports is, is in all likelihood going to go bankrupt, and, and they're actually going to put the Thunder on a platform where people can access it you know, locally. You know, you're going to be able to see them on television. You're going to be able to see them at the arena, and you're going to be able to see how much potential this team has. And in all likelihood, like... You know, again, offseason can change things, but like in all likelihood, the Thunder should be in the playoffs next year. Like they should be a playoff team next year to where you're going to get that exposure as well, to where the the excitement will be at a, at a heightened point for OKC heading into that draft, to where it just comes down to, like the other question about you know tanking or competing, it comes down to, is he the best player? If he's the best player, draft him. If, if Bronny James is the best player, draft him. I think that Bronny James is one of the best players in the 24 class. I really do. I'm not knocking Bronny James. I'm just saying that like, if you get the first overall pick, you know, magical land, you get a first overall pick. Cody Williams is better than Bronny James. Like, you take Cody Williams. You don't you don't take the Bronny because you're going to get two years of LeBron. Now, if you're at pick 11, or if you're at pick tw- 10, or if somehow Bronny James has not been picked by pick 20, yeah, I, I don't foresee there being 20 players better than Bronny James. So if you get pick 21 or 20, and, there, and somehow Bronny James is still there, you absolutely take Bronny James because Bronny James is a really good player. And then also, okay, you get LeBron too if LeBron does actually want to come play with him right away. So, like, you evaluate the Bronny James based on, upon Bronny James. And as of this moment, on my big board, I'd have Bronny James in the top 10 of the class, which I don't think that the Thunder would be able to get to. But, of course, they have four first-round picks, so who knows what other teams are going to be able to do to get to that point. But still, you know, that is not necessarily the game plan, right? The game plan is not, hey, you must get Bronny James because you've got to get LeBron because this core is, is getting to that point on their own. Uh, we'll talk to the next question at Kyle underscore MCP. How much do the Thunder pay the NY surgeon to be a part of the Thunder tanking conspiracy? Yeah, Kenny Hustle had a successful surgery. He'll be back next year. Uh, he should be uh, all signs point team being healthy to start next season. That's great. Uh, this is not uh, the tank that people wanted to make it out to be. Uh, Jalen Williams is out tonight against the um, against the Warriors. I will say, before you jump off the deep end, I wonder, and this is strictly guessing, do not hold anyone to this, I wonder 
if, hey, the wrist hurts for J-Dub, you know, you take tonight to rest because we've talked before about managing Shea on back-to-backs and maybe we don't want Shea playing in the home road back-to-back on Wednesday. So you're going to take over that lead ball handler. You're going to take over that lead scoring role Wednesday. We're going to take you out tonight to make sure that you rest up that wrist because it is hurting. It's a legitimate injury. And you saw him. This is an injury where people always love to ask, well, where did that injury come from? How'd that happen? I never saw that happening. You can go see the missed dunk from J-Dub where he got, you know, it was a missed dunk. It was a, it was a charge. You know, the charge took away the bucket. He should have had an and one. You know, the, the charge where for the entire timeout and subsequent inbound, he is holding his wrist in a lot of pain. The adrenaline and stuff is real. Like, like you can be in, in, in Gorb's amount of pain holding your wrist, but the adrenaline pushes you forward to not allow you to feel it until after the game is over. So, like, this injury is a legit injury that you got to physically see. For everyone who likes to to make the joke or, like, complain of, like, oh, I never know when these guys get hurt, you can see it. It is a tangible injury you can see from Jada. So I'm saying this is a real injury. And if you had to pick one night or the other for a back-to-back, because, look, it's such a bad wrist injury, you're not, in all likelihood, you're not going to be able to feel good enough to play both games. You would pick the opposite one of what you might manage Chase back-to-back. So let's see if that... If that guess is right, again, a very much guess. For all I know, Shea could play in both back-to-backs. I don't know, but I'm just saying it's, it, he's playing tonight against the Warriors, and they've talked about managing him in back-to-back, so I don't think he'll play tomorrow, but that's just a guess uh, in that way as well. And for all I know, this could be another you know long-term injury for J-Dub. I don't know that one way or the other, but since he was questionable and then downgraded it out, I think that it's more so like managing um, the workload on the wrist, but I don't know that for a fact. Uh, we'll move on to... The next questions after this, including what the new arena situation is like and what the Thunder should do next season with our good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is incredible. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make every moment more. Folks, we're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's here and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not hit. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything in the money, on the money line to point scores, to three-pointers drain, to the spread, everything that you want to bet on. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine bets for a chance to get a bigger payout in same-game parlays. So make sure you do not miss your chance at a no-sweat-first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. And we go there right now, their sportsbook, and FanDuel's NBA sportsbook has the Thunder and Warriors spread with the Thunder at plus four at home against the Warriors to end this six-game homestand. So check it out today, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Now let's talk from at Clem, A-K-U-F-O. Which areas of the team do the Thunder need to address before next season? Uh, I, I would love to see them go get a score, like a legit score. I'd love to see them get improve their shooting, obviously. Uh, and then from there, that's kind of it. Like people are gonna are gonna pound the table for a big man. I don't want to. I don't want to just go grab a big man. If, if I was Sam Presti, I, I want to see how Chet Holmgren plays at the five. He's gonna play the five next year. 
I want to see how Chet Holmgren plays with the five and what needs to complement him. Because the worst thing that the Thunder could do would be drafting a big man or going and signing a big man to a long-term deal that has no fit whatsoever with Chet Holmgren. Because you end up like Minnesota that way, where like you're panicking at that point. You know, just let Chet Holmgren play for next year and the year after that and the year after that, and then see what big best compliments Chet Holmgren. And then if you need to add a big next to him, fine. If you don't, that's fine too. So like for me, it's just scoring on the perimeter and shooting on the perimeter because we've seen how high-level elite shooting like Isaiah Joe changes the complexity of the offense and changes uh, everyone on the floor's role and changes how well that they can thrive. Uh, at MK325491. When the expectations for next year rise, do you expect OKC to win a playoff series? Um, it depends how the season ends. Like I, I would not say the Thunder must win a playoff series next year or else it's a failure if they don't even reach the playoffs this year to where like that is a big jump. I think that I think that next year's the expectation is the playoffs. Like the next year, you know, in 2024, you know, 23, 24, that season, your expectation level should be the Thunder make the playoffs. Should it be to win a playoff series? I don't think so because like they might, they have enough talent to you, but like that's a tough ask for a young team uh, and a young coach. Like neither, neither the majority of this team nor the coach has been in a playoff series to where um, if they win a playoff series, it's awesome. And they, and they do have the talent to do that. And teams are able to do that. But the expectation, you know, at that point for me, the expectation is just to get there to the playoffs next year, not necessarily to win a playoff series. Um, Another one, if Daryl Sarch is part of the future of the Thunder, what role do you think he's going to be in your opinion? Uh, if they, if they re-sign Daryl Sarch to, to a deal this summer, uh, I would expect it to not be a very lucrative deal. I would expect it to be a deal like how you see him playing right now and how you see Muscala playing. Like, like when I, whenever they had Muscala, like he's in there to change the pace. He's in there to score some buckets. Uh, he's in there to help the bench unit kind of get into a flow offensively whenever they, whenever they go into scoring drafts. That's pretty much it. And he's there for, for quality depth. Like if, if something were to happen, we got to play without Jay will for two weeks next year. You know, you, you, you have a very, very, very good backup big that can fill in for Jay will like, or you can just play him over Jay will. If Jay will is like kind of too young to, to, to thrive next year, who knows? But like, it's not, it's always going to start or play heavy minutes or like, or like be truly revolutionary. It's just that he's going to be a really good depth piece to have and, and a guy who can really light it up from three and all of a sudden score 20 points, 19 points, 15 points in a game. And that can help a young team who's going to have some scoring droughts. Like even for as wonderful as we think next year will be, it's still going to be predicated on first-year guys, second-year guys, third-year guys to where there's still going to be nights where they just cannot score and you need a veteran presence to kind of level them out and, and help them get over the hump. So that's kind of where I see Sarge fitting in. If they do bring him back, which I think is a is a very interesting conversation, um, and as I've said before, I think that with Sarch, you're looking at like if you want to make the twenty three twenty four Thunder the best possible version of themselves, you'd probably bring Sarch back. But you've got to max you you've got to you've got to balance maximizing next year's roster because next year's roster the, the goal is to win games and, and be the, in the playoffs like that is the goal. That's going to be what they want to do. That's going to be what they should want to do. They're going to want to make the playoffs and they, and they should make the playoffs. But you got to balance like totally and all out maximizing the roster with, hey, let's not give up on these guys too premature. Or let's, let's, let's hold on to some of these guys who can be trade sweeteners. You know, all that other stuff. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they, how they balance it this season uh, in this offseason. We'll be covering it five days a week, both in season and out of season. So make sure you stay tuned to Lockdown Thunder wherever you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 